Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my good brother from the Bullocast. It's Philip. How's it going, man? Introduce me right. The Podfather, right? Nope. Man, are we going to do this game again? I'm tired of doing this. 25-year-old piece of gold, California classic, the innovator, the X-Factor, you know. You, do, do you hear that, though? That's mm-hmm. the sound of your ratings actually going up. That's the sound <laughs> of T-shirt sales going up. That's the sound of people sliding in the DMs wondering when we're doing In The Click Live. <laughs> you want all that stuff to happen? You got you to drop Richard. It's no. just that simple, man. It's that simple. He's new to this. I'm true to this. It's that simple. I think what, what should happen, you and Richard should have a match. That should happen. You don't want none. Hardcore match between the two. I think that's what should happen here. I'm going to be hardcore, bro. I'll just like cradle him and be done. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you do have the wrestling background. I will give you that advantage. <laughs> but, Philip, we're uh, we're not alone tonight. We actually have a, a, a third guest joining us, a third co-host. And I would love for you to give the personal introduction here. I mean, let me show you how to do this. <laughs> He's the icon. He's the main event. He's the true showstopper. The creator of Stockton and Lodi Con, the incomparable Mike Miller. Thanks, guys. Well, especially Philip, but yes, thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Nice Great to be here. It's so excited to have you here, Mike. Um, I, I, yeah, I think for uh, a lot of us uh, wrestling fans, especially here in the independent scene here in the Bay Area, Northern California, we're, we're big fans of you. We know of your work. You are, I would say, the best manager going right now. Is that a safe title or observation to give you? I mean, that's your choice, not mine. <laughs> I, think I mean, I know, so. I know Philip agrees with that, but I can't, I can't well, speak let, for myself. Before we get into all this wrestling talk, let me, let me give Mike his flowers. Okay. Let me give this man his flowers. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just a kid from Hayward that got a wrestling podcast, and he allowed me to interview Kelly Kelly, and then most recently, the Hall of Famer, Ted DiBiase. He didn't have to do that, but he did. Mike's the real deal, man. He's a real one. That's awesome. I like to help people out, man. That's that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm all about, man. Helping guys out. I mean, you know, helping guys out. I'm. I'm on Huey's podcast tonight. That's. I'm just trying to help him out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it, Mike. I, I. I look forward to this. I know it's been a, a long time making to get you on. It's just been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, uh, I haven't have told you like some just behind the scenes stuff stuff I've been dealing with with work and whatnot. So, uh, but it kind of works out. Things are kind of calming down lately for me at, on the work front. So, it's uh, from a scheduling point. It's like. 
it. Okay, we can make this work. And uh, for tonight, we're going to talk some AEW Dynamite. They had a Saturday night version of it this week. And uh, we haven't done it too much lately over the last couple months. We're going to talk some of the highlights from Monday Night Raw. I will give them credit. Raw's been a little bit better last week and this week, um, which is rare because for the last couple months, or actually for an even longer period of time, it's been a little tough to watch. Um, but been great. <laughs> Rob's been great for Philip. Yes, it's been. But uh, so I'm saying the last. Uh, so between these two shows happening back to back, I figure we can touch on both of them uh, on this episode of In the Click. And as always, remember, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, before we get into that, there's actually a little bit of clickbait news I want to touch on this week. Um and I saw a lot of different outlets kind of covering this. And this is something kind of exciting. And it's kind of a little bit of a rare thing to happen. So Vince McMahon, he's on a big scouting mission. And Vince McMahon is planning on going to the Performance Center uh, to look at some of the talent there and potentially, you know, see who's working out there at the Performance Center with some of the upcoming talent. And I'm guessing he's trying to really start shaking up the roster. I believe Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis are going to be with him as well. And this is kind of a rare thing because, you know, we know Vince McMahon owns all that, but it's very rare that he actually makes an appearance in person there, which I'm kind of shocked because he could easily just watch like tape footage or video footage. People could send him stuff. So the fact that he's personally going down there, I think speaks a lot. Um, and there's some other related roster stuff I want to get into and kind of combine all that. Cause there's been a lot of different outlets and reports report, uh, breaking down ideas of what's going to be happening next for WWE. Uh, once they go back on the road, but, uh, Mike, I'll give you the honor first, just, you know, your overall thoughts on Vince McMahon himself going down to the performance center and seeing, uh, what talent's available for him. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, he's the owner. I mean, he's he's the guy who who calls the shots. And I mean, you know, who knows what it actually goes on down there? Like, I, I think that you know, all of us have have heard enough things over the over the course of the years about how much control he has over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that obviously there's been a little bit of a, a, of a turning a, a turning loose of NXT for mm-hmm. for Triple H, but like, I think that. You know, overall, I mean, it's always his call. And any anytime things happen that, you know, get into a situation where things might change on or, or on, on Raw or SmackDown or, or things are brought in as potential angles, uh, you know, he's always going to have the bottom line, the, 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 the final say on it. So, you know, get him getting down there and just seeing what, what, what he has to choose from, I think that that's a huge thing. I think, you know, we, I think we've, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of carrying cross and, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, you know, if there's, if there's one guy that they've signed in, 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 in the recent past that is built for the main roster and built for Vince McMahon's prototype, I think he is that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's uh um, it's been interesting, Philip. You and I, we talked about this a little bit off the air, you know, you and I, when we hung out the last couple weekends. So it looks like there's going to be a big shakeup when it comes to the roster, specifically Raw and SmackDown. As we know, they're going to go back on the road in a couple weeks. They're going to have uh, Money in the Bank, the first pay per view in front of crowds. SummerSlam is going to be a big deal in Las Vegas. And they're going to get back to the groove of things before the pandemic, which is very exciting stuff. Apparently, there's a lot of rumors of them trying to, they're going to do a lot 
of things going back on the road, like test out some new ideas, maybe bring back King of the Ring and some other old school pay-per-views just to kind of freshen things up. And I think if anything, yeah, roster wise, Raw SmackDown does need a little bit of freshing up. I think we've been seeing a lot of the same matchups and rematches and, uh, um, you know, going off the, the Vince visiting the performance center, he probably wants to see who's, who's the next big thing that he can bring up to Raw or SmackDown eventually. But also it, there is reports that there's going to be a draft at the end of August or early September. They're going to do that as a big, big show as well, which I'm excited for. I used to love the draft, but now they kind of think just go through the motions. Um, but Philip, your thoughts on, yeah, Vince McMahon, uh, in person scouting <laughs> down the performance. And I wish, I hope he keeps it a surprise when he actually shows up because, you know, I think it'd be better for the talent to kind of be caught off guard. You know, if you knew the teacher was coming into the classroom, of course, you're going to sit down, do your best work. But I think it'd be really cool if he just walks in and surprises all of them. Teacher, bro. It's more like the principal, the superintendent. You feel me? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> look, man, I, I was on Twitter earlier and people were like, oh, Vince is going to go to the performance center and just have these people sit in catering and release them in a couple of years. And I'm like, yo. Let's let's stop the let's, let's stop the Vince bashing. All right, look, the guy's been on top for forty plus years. Why? Because he knows what he's doing. I mean, look look at all look at all the instances and in like the way Strowman was built organically mm-hmm. when Ambrose turned on Rollins the night Reigns announces he has leukemia. That's that's a Vince giving the call. He still he still has it. It comes in little spurts, but he still has it. You never mm-hmm. know. He could take uh, what's a uh, Rick Steiner's son? He could take that dude to make him. A, he can make him a star. Bronson, yeah, Bronson Steiner, yeah. The dude that looks like Brock, you know, Parker Bordeaux. He could take him and make him a star. We don't know. Yeah, you know, obviously those guys, you know, they're not ready. But uh, I mean, he'll, he'll probably take some more seasoned talent who's been in NXT for a nice, nice period of time. Not like an Adam Cole or anything, but somebody else, whoever, whoever else is down there. I can't, I can't think of anybody. Well, pieces, but you know, well, this- I, I, I think it'll be okay. It's interesting some of those names you just brought up because there was another report I saw the other day that there's kind of giving me like a new standard of like new talent that they sign recruits is they want people like I think over six feet or six two over two twenty five and I think under like twenty five years old or something like that. So it sounds like they really are trying to plan ahead for the future, get some young talent in there and not sign like these older indie stars per se that that they've been doing the last few years. And, you know, but then again, you hear that, but that body type, that's supposedly what, what they're looking for. That's obviously sounds like what Vince has always loved is the bigger guys. Um, they last longer in, in, in with WWE. No, like in general, bigger guys last longer. Like I like, look at, I'll, I'll say it. Look at Hogan. Look at, uh, look at warrior. You know, those guys weren't really injured a lot. And then mm-hmm. you go to like, you go to Sean with the back injury and you go to, Daniel Bryan with the concussions and stuff like that. Bigger guys are more durable. They do last longer. That's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the other thing, too, is so let's kind of touch on this with the draft. I imagine there's going to be a lot of call-ups coming up soon as far as, you know, we've been hearing the reports, Karen Cross, Bronson Reed, Scarlett Bordeaux, and Shotzi Blackheart have been working dark matches. Uh, Bronson and Karen have been doing some stuff on main event. So... With that being said, are you excited for these guys, Mike, to be getting called up and you know moving on over to Raw or SmackDown, respectively? But or at the same time, are you going to be a little sad that they're going to be gone from NXT pretty soon? You know, I, I, I really love NXT right now. I, I love what they're doing. I, I think that there's 
there's some fresh stuff happening down there. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's gotta be chances taken by any of the brands, Mm -hmm. whether it's NXT, SmackDown or raw. And and I think that that's something that's, I think that's something that's been lacking. I know Philip has, has been enjoying raw quite a bit, but you know, there, there was a while there that it was getting really stagnant where there was the same matches kind of every week or, you know, they were using such, this is my biggest criticism of WWE and and it's not a criticism because they're going with what they feel is the best situation. Mm -hmm. But there was a time and you guys, I'm sure both saw this where there were guys on the show, guys and, and, and women that were, that were doing multiple matches a show. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you have this giant roster of people yet you're using like 12 people and Mm -hmm. it it just, it made no sense to me. And, you know, uh, I I mean, from, from that aspect, it's like, you know, I, I know, people like get a little, you know, they get sick of people that are being used every week, every week, every week. And it's like with, you know, I, I think there are certain people that, that have to be there every week or, you know, Lashley has to be there, but you know, Lashley wasn't even on the show last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this week's episode. That, that's another thing, man. I mean, like there, there's a burnout factor with certain stars, like, you know, Drew McIntyre. And I, I know people are really starting to get tired of him. And I know we love him here on the show, but, yeah, like every you don't need to see every like every single like the the recurring twelve or whatever like all the time. You know what I mean? Like Riddle, he doesn't have to show up for like two weeks. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like we don't we don't need to see Drew all the time. Like he when he took those couple weeks off, it was actually kind of refreshing not to see him all the time. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think the the biggest thing for me, and and this is this is me being a you know the the sports side of me, the sports fan side of me. Um, and you mentioned the, the draft coming back. The one thing I wish they would do, because they make a big deal about the draft and they've always done it. I've always hated the way they've done it, just in the way it's like, okay, well, it's not really, it's kind of a draft, but it's not really, you know. And, but but like, uh, what I wish they would do during the, uh, the times when we're not in draft season, I wish occasionally, just not every week, but every month or two, maybe you throw a trade in. Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, like, you know, hey, you know, Robert Roode was on SmackDown and, you know, they maybe trade him for Nikki Cross or something, you know, just something <laughs> weird like that that kind of makes some things and kind of make and make something out of that. I think that that would be a lot of fun. And and that kind of just plays into what you're talking about with the draft and and that sort of thing. And, you know, uh, the, the, the whole issue of like the draft of, of people being left off and then they're signed as free agents. And it's like, OK, well. You know, I just I don't get into that so much. I love the draft. I love seeing what's happening. But, you know, when you look at it, it's just not a true draft. It's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, and then they give they give raw so many extra people because it's a three hour show instead of a two hour show. Well, Mm -hmm. let's just make it even. Let's just call it. Let's just do a two hour show. Yeah, no, I I very much. I'm going to say it right here. You you heard it here first. Raw (laughs) should be a two hour show. I'm with you. I agree with you on that one. USA does not agree with me. <laughs> I but, know, uh, I know the the money, the the yeah. uh, the commercial money they get from that. But no, I I I hear everything you're saying, and like I, I very much agree with you about the trade stuff. And I think that's when GMs really come into play. We have Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, and I wonder maybe with the draft, maybe each of them. Focus on one show, like Adam Pierce is mm-hmm. Raw, Sonya is SmackDown. They eventually break up. At, you know, and they- my, my 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 favorite thing about the draft last time was when they had they had the Fox representatives and they had the, 
the football guy with the football robot the graphic yeah 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 that was funny but, so um but th- one of the things with the draft the rumor is that Big E is supposedly going to be drafted over to Monday Night Raw and I think WrestleVotes was the one who tweeted it out that the uh the New Day are going to reunite but Big E's still going to be very much a f- uh, a single star which to me is great cuz I think you know the New Day they all three of them can individually can go after you know have singles runs i think you know for the longest time they were trying to do the free bird thing which was great and just the tag titles they dominated for years i loved all that stuff but i think easily all of them could be still part of the new day overall but they can all have the individual identities which i want that i I totally think they could be they could still do that um Philip, though, with that being said, do you think that's a little soon to reunite the New Day on Monday Night Raw, or are you all for it? But as long as they keep everyone having singles runs, how long have they been apart? Like seven months. It was like October last year, right? It was the draft when Biggie okay. got? So yeah, eight uh, months now, roughly. I mean, they can be together, but like they didn't like they don't have to be together all the time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, it, like if you said like he's gonna have a singles run, that's cool. But I mean, it would freshen. It would freshen him up, yes, sure. But then, what are you going to do for SmackDown with the with the babyface? You have to you have to have an equal trade. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, maybe I was thinking maybe towards more once this official announcement comes out with the draft is like fantasy book some names. I mean, I think the main event and the top of the mid card scene needs to be shuffled because Roman's gone through every one of significance. I feel like on SmackDown, so you need some new names. On, you know, what, honestly, I'll, I'll let's leave Biggie on SmackDown because I mean, like SmackDown's a predominantly heel show. You have what baby faces do you have? You have Biggie, you have Kevin, Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens is gone. Yeah, yeah, you, you know so. Yeah, I think that I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the thing I was going to say about Big E is that I really like. I think that you know Roman obviously coming back and being this amazing heel, like he's the best thing in WWE right now. I think mm-hmm. overall, I think that you know his return is huge, and then him coming in and just, I mean, he is just mesmerizing to watch. And any of his promos and the stuff with he- Heyman is great. I can't wait to see what happens. You know when and if they bring back. Lesnar, because that mm-hmm. would be awesome. But I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you've got to see. Here's here's my my opinion on it: is that I believe that Big E has a has a great heavyweight champion title run in him coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it's coming. Maybe maybe not this year. Maybe not twenty two. But I mean, I, I think that I, I would like to see a program with him and Reigns. I think that that's I think that's for me the next logical step for SmackDown. And I thought that because he had that run with, uh, with the Smack, uh, was it, is it the Intercontinental title or the U S title? Intercontinental Intercontinental title. Yeah. Intercontinental title. I mean, he was great. And, but it it felt short to me. And I felt like when he lost title that he was going to go right in, right in with Roman. But, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're obviously we're, we're a ways away from that, but you know, I I just, I I just love, I love both of them a, a lot. I think they're, they're both very, very talented and I think that Big E has has a has a really big future. I mean, he's had a great career so far, but I think that I think that he should be in that in that main event picture for for the rest of his career. Absolutely. So I uh, can't wait to see what happens. So I think that's what we'll do is uh, you know keep it on the back burner is potential uh, draft picks who should go where. Maybe we could do that in a later episode. I'm, I'm busy to- that night. 
Teddy White. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I look forward to that. See what the shakeup is. You know, I, I think just keep things fresh. We need some new fresh matchups, and you know, and see what NXT call-ups are going to happen. So it just it makes things exciting. It gets Buzz talking again. Have you ever considered the fact of doing a uh, a draft on the uh, in the Click podcast? Maybe bringing in a new host. <laughs> Make a trade. Yeah, maybe we could trade trade you for for later, to be named later. For, uh... Bro, I'm telling you, just get rid of Richard and keep me here permanently. That's all you have to do. Man, I've been getting hit. You know, really, or Philip, I was telling you, I was getting DM from people who want to be on the show now. Because I, well, they this know is my I'm last here. appearance. Just so you know, <laughs> I mean, this has already gone too long. Oh my God. Well, even last week, John LaRocca made his big return to the podcast. That was awesome. Uh, I love LaRocca. Maybe he could be the host. Yeah, absolutely. Do get we- rid of you. Bring him in. <laughs> you could send me through the barber shop window. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe we Mike's can... gonna want to do that. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I, I don't have time for that. But... <laughs> He's a busy guy, man. He's I don't care enough. <laughs> I don't care enough to do that. <laughs> oh Jeez, man! Please. So yeah, this no... is going downhill fast. Sorry, <laughs> oh, Philip. Sorry to ruin your show. Oh my god! So, um, all right, let's move on over to uh, this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, Big Saturday Night Edition. Um, I, I guess. Uh, before we kind of break down some of the highlights, I just want to ask you guys. So listen, for the last, what, month, they've been on Friday nights because of the NBA playoffs been pushed back. I don't know about you, but I just felt like that run of shows, for the most part, was not too inspiring. Maybe it's, that's the word. Um, I don't want to say like they've been phoning it in, but I feel like maybe since they knew they were going to be on late Friday night, they weren't going to put some of their major storylines into play yet or some of the bigger matchups. Um that's just something I kind of noticed lately, but now I felt like on Saturday, this past Saturday episode, I think they're starting to get the engines running again. They got some good things in the works now, and then this coming Wednesday, they're going to be back live on Wednesday with the live crowd, and uh, they're going to be start touring. So it looks like I think things are starting to pick up once again, uh, but Mike, just kind of your overall thoughts on uh, this episode of uh, Saturday Night Edition of Dynamite. Well, I think that uh, I think the opener and the closer were amazing. I think they were great, great matches. Um, I think that there's a there's a there's something that we need to talk about here. And you guys are both huge uh, independent wrestling fans, mm-hmm. local independent wrestling, especially here mm-hmm. in the in the NorCal area. Especially um, all the guys you represent. Exactly. I mean, but I what I'm saying is, I think that there's. I mean, people that are listening to this podcast, I'm not sure how many of the, those people are following independent wrestling. I imagine that they are mm. to a degree. But if you have not been to your local independent wrestling show, yeah, you are going to see the, the, the stars of the future in San Francisco, in San Jose, mm-hmm. you know, in East Bay, in Sacramento, like everywhere. Like, I mean, I'm not going to – there's so many different great promotions in, in NorCal – uh, but, you know, the man who really, I think, had a great match in the opener, Will Hobbs, mm-hmm. you could have seen him here for years and years wrestling. And mm-hmm. he was great. He's as great as he is now. I mean, so I think he's taken, uh, taken it to another level. But 
And then you you see somebody like Jungle Boy. Now Jungle Boy is very young still. Yeah. But he I mean he's been wrestling for a very long time. I mean, jeez, like he was wrestling in San Francisco like I I would say almost 10 years ago. Like I mean it, it's amazing that you could have seen Jungle Boy. I mean, those APW shows that he was on were mm-hmm. amazing and you know yeah. Hobbs is on there as well. This is not a coincidence. Marcus Mack is a is a masterful uh, scout of talent. I mean, he is he has done a great job with APW, and I mean, there's a there's a ton of other promotions in NorCal that have done the same thing. They mm-hmm. see these guys in other venues around the country, and they're bringing them in. You know, Scott with West Coast Pro, uh, you know, uh, Maynard at East Bay. I mean, I, I'm not trying to forget anybody. Big time wrestling with Kirk White and, you know, then their champion, Shane Cody. Um, you know, I mean, Agua is doing an amazing job. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I'm sure I'm going to forget somebody, but these like. You can forget are, about Shane Cody. I, I don't know why you would say something stupid like that. But I'm saying like, <laughs> if you're looking at. Inside joke, close for the clicksters. If, if you are, you know, I. You know, I'm just going to get. I'm going to jump down off the soapbox, but but I mean, if you have a promotion that's running anywhere near you, go watch. Yeah, I think yeah. the next, you know, the next thing, the next thing you you have a chance to go see something. You know, I think West Coast is running next week. Ugg was running now. Um, I think uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution's another huge mm-hmm. example. Yep. I mean, you know, Gabe has done a great job. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, Supreme Pro Wrestling in Sacramento. Uh, there's so many other promotions that are popping up Petaluma, everywhere. The one in Petaluma, the, I want, yeah. I want to check out. of the out. West in Fresno. If you're down in Fresno, uh, Mike Rain has done an amazing job down there. Stuff? Yeah, I mean Hood Slam is doing some amazing things. I mean Mansoor, uh, Manny Faberino. I'm mean, gonna forget a ton of people, <laughs> but like uh, Shotzi Blackheart got her start in Hood Slam. I mean, she, and she's wrestled everywhere. And it's, you uh, know, I mean, bro, I mean, like, the, 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 let's really look at it. Like in not just AEW, but in the wrestling world, you see, you see Zicky Dice go become the NWA champion. Um, Thunder Rosa, NWA yeah. Women's Champion. You got Hobbs, you got Jungle Boy, you got Shotzi, you got Jake Atlas. They've all wrestled here in the Bay Area for different promotions, sure. but they were all consistently on APW. Swerve, Swerve yeah. made an appearance out here before. Yeah, he so. made, that, that was that was like one of his last shows before he got signed. Man, mm-hmm. there's something in the sure. water here in the Bay Area. But and in NorCal, but APW, man, like and I don't, I don't know what it is about that company, but like you, <laughs> sure. you wrestle there for a significant amount of time, you're you're guaranteed. It's basically like a money in the bank contract. You're guranteed to be signed. So. <laughs> it's actually well, my, you know, or go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like you know, Supreme Pro Wrestling has turned out John Morrison and Timothy Thatcher. I mean, yeah, you know, you that's really hard to talk. <laughs> I mean, though they trained at SPW. Well, I was going to say, uh, actually, Philip and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago because we recapped one of uh, our first indie shows together that we've seen in a long time. And um, but yeah, just you know, 2016, 17, 18, 19, like 2016 was, to twenty nineteen. There was it was like there was a, a boom, a boom, amazing yeah. talent, and a, a good portion of them all got signed by the big companies, which is great. Um, but you know, looking ahead now, I think that's about when I started. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Absolutely. What's your uh, which what's your uh, your the company you work for your agency that you represent? I'm, I'm the uh, 
I, I work with All Star Sports. I'm the head of acquiring talent. Gotcha. All Star Sports. Gotcha. No, it's uh, no. I, I I like that company a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. But anyway, back to back to Dynamite. I think that uh, I think that the the Page versus Powerhouse Hobbs was a great, great opener for that show. Um, I think that that had a it had a bigger match feel than I think they anticipated. I think the fans really got into it. I think that's the other great thing about AEW right now is that they, you know, getting the fans back involved. It just it just gives so much more energy. And I mean, obviously, that I mean that's. Oh, really, Mike? Fans make a wrestling show better? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it just does. I mean, and that's a great venue for that, especially with fans in there. I mean, you know, it was fine when it when it was, but with just kind of the, the, the folks that were ringside that the were staff, you know, the, yeah. the students and staff. But, you know, and then, of course, the main event. I mean, can't say, like, Jungle Boy was already, you know, a big, big fan favorite, and people love him, and... You know, and Kenny Omega is just such a great wrestler. And they're both, and, and Jungle Boy is is just a great, he's a great up and coming wrestler. And he's already, you know, he's made made he's main evented Dynamite. I mean, you know, you don't mm-hmm. get much bigger than that. I mean, so th- these are two matches that really stood out on that show. You know, and and I've I've talked about this before. I think Phil, you and I talked a little bit about it. Like, you know, there you're you have a two hour show, and I mean this this has been proven everywhere. It's like not everything's going to be a hit. But like mm-hmm. they're when you hit and you hit big, AEW when they hit they hit really big. Sometimes their 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 misses are a little bigger than others. But you know uh, it, they're 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 trying so many different things. And it's such I love the fact that things are just they're a little different. They, there's a different feeling when you're watching this show. I, I'll say that yeah, no, definitely. You know, AEW, I'll be honest, has been like uh, hit or miss with me lately on some stuff. Uh, but you're going to get that with every wrestling promotion. No one has a perfect show. That's obvious. Um, but what keeps me watching AEW every week is, yes, it is a different look, a different feel, different roster, obviously, commentators, all, all aspects, the production of it. Um, it's just different because WWE, for example, has their certain style, the look, their presentation. So for AEW, at least for me, it's just a nice change of scenery. You just, you know, it's like a buffet, you know, with like, uh, uh, what was it? Um, you know, you like to have different options to eat every once in a while. You don't want to eat the sure. same thing over and over. Um, so with that being said, w- with the dynamite though, with this week's episode, I just really felt like, yeah, the fans really stood out, but you could tell that they're starting to build up some new storylines moving forward or things are starting to get a little excited again. Cause I felt like it was just a lot of random matches over the last few weeks, but this week it's like, okay, they're kind of getting back on track of like, where are the big storylines we want to focus on? Um, but with the the first match here, yeah, Hangman Adam Page taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I love that opener. It was really intense, hard hitting. It was a little unfortunate. Hangman got uh, busted open hard way on that that pole on the outside and was bleeding from the top of his head. Hey, red equals green, brother. Absolutely. But uh, I love Hobbs with that spine buster. Uh, uh, that was beautiful. That was so good. I mean, that was Arn Anderson esque level of a, a spine buster. But uh, Hangman ultimately got the the victory, so he's uh, starting to you know get back in the momentum going for him. I mean, Philip, do you think he should be the one to ultimately dethrone Kenny Omega? Well, they've already teased it on being the elite. Like at the ending sequence was a shot of the AEW title, and then a shot of Hangman looking like, oh boy, you know. 
So it's it, it's coming, and he he should be the one to dethrone Kenny. It just makes sense. Yes. Well, one thing one thing about being the elite, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Philip, because that's something that I think is really important here. I feel like obviously they want people to watch being the elite, but I feel like there's not a there there are certain things that are done on being the elite that are not ever referenced on Dynamite, and I think that. I'm not saying you need to like show like the 20 minute being the elite show on there, but that, that would have been a crucial thing to show not, maybe not this week, but like maybe in a, in a couple of weeks or something like show that or maybe that clip or, or allude to things that are being done on being the elite and, and, you know, maybe a minute recap of the last episode or something just, and maybe that would help people go watch it on, on YouTube because they get a lot of viewers but it's definitely not as high as the, the dynamite viewership. Absolutely, man. That That is something they need to do that for BTE when it's something that relates to a story that's going to play out on television. They need to do that for uh, dark and dark elevation. Like this guy has been undefeated for 10 weeks. Really? Where on dark? Oh, I don't watch that. You yeah, know? Right. Well, I mean, and that's the other thing too. And, and we've talked about this off air, like, there is what 120 hours of wrestling a week now. Like, I mean, you just there's so much to watch, and then they're adding a new show. You know, the Rampage show mm-hmm. in uh, in like a month. So, I mean, it's going to be crazy, and I think that um, yeah, I think that that's that's the one thing that I would say about AEW that that like my biggest criticism of them is that there's there's certain things that don't uh, translate from well. Another thing, just like I said with being the elite, there are certain things. Show a highlight from Dark or show a highlight from uh, Dark Elevation or whatever. And just bring that, bring bring more people in, involved in what's going on. Like it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have, you know, to show Dante Martin uh, before he comes out. I know we were going to talk about that match too. But, you know, Dante Martin's getting some wins on, on Dark. Well, you know, when he's coming out, show a clip of that. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got this. This is his finish. You know, you establish the person by show, like show him hit his finisher, and boom, he gets a three count. That's huge. Yeah. No, actually, you guys both brought up some good things as far as AEW. Like, if you're a fan of AEW in their short time period of of existence, they are giving you a lot of content week to week between Dynamite itself, Rampage. It's going to be coming. Dark Elevation, Being Elite, stuff on social media, stuff on their YouTube channel. So there is plenty of stuff if that's all you want to focus on. But with that being said, I feel like since Dynamite never addresses any of that stuff, it makes you wonder how important really is that is. So I think if they want to make sure those other shows are worthy for our time to tune in. If we're if we're on the fence about tuning in, they should reference it more. And that's something, Mike, you mentioned earlier. Listen, they do a lot of stuff in every episode of Dynamite. Some stuff works, sometimes some stuff don't. I think sometimes, and I've heard other people talk about this, like there are times they, they, they try to force a lot in one episode of Dynamite and things don't have time to breathe. So it makes you, I'm wondering, maybe this just came to me off what you said, is maybe instead of trying to force so many different little segments or or like after the match, like people come running out to the ring and attack someone, like let stuff wrap up, finish, breathe, maybe cut to, yeah, a highlight from something from being the elite, like a major story beat that they should uh, recap on, something from Dark, Elevation, and that way they kind of really uh, document properly on their A show kind of the whole AEW universe. 
You know what I mean? I, I think yeah, that's... You, you make a great point there, Huey, and I think – Philip, write this down because I think it's the first time. Um, but uh, I think when you said let it breathe, I think that's a great point because I, the one thing that I remember going back a few weeks, it was the – it was SCU – Kaz uh, and Daniels yep. against the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. The Young Bucks win that match. Great. Okay. We, we kind of, you could kind of feel it was coming, whatever. But let, this is the end of an era for SCU. And these are guys, you know, obviously with, with Sky not being a part of it anymore. You know, the SCU was, you know, Kazarian was the first champ, tag team champion in, in, the, in this company. The, I just felt like it took a little bit of steam away from what that moment was. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because I, I, you know, there's just, there's, there's so many moving parts and they've got to get so many things in, but like, let it, like, that's the biggest thing I, I, I would think is like, let it breathe. Just take a moment. Absolutely. What else? So, they, another thing they need to do. We need to stop all the run-ins. This isn't 2000 <laughs> WCW. This needs to stop. Yes. But it is. Well, and that's well. We'll get into that with the main event. Let's go ahead and actually just jump into this main event yeah. here. So yeah, Kenny Omega took on Jungle Boy. Now this was a match that came out of Double or Nothing. Jungle Boy won the, the Casino Battle Royale, and originally it was going to be on that following Dynamite, but I like that they actually pushed it back to this Saturday, and so they actually had a little bit more time to build up to it. You know, Kenny and Jungle Boy were having a little bit back and forth in the hallway. You know, the last couple episodes. Um, so they obviously trying to build up Kenny Omega, the pro wrestling god right now, the different titles that he has, the belt collector gimmick, Jungle Boy, total underdog here. Um, with this match, though, I enjoyed the match just watching it visually. Obviously, they hit a lot of big spots, both high flyers, um, great working with together. My only issue, or it's a major issue, is Jungle Boy... <laughs> He's got like some vibes from like Johnny Gargano from a few years ago when he's in a big match and like emotionless, like not showing a lot of emotion or reacting to different story beats in the course of the match. Like he comes out, fans love him. He's got the, you know, the eighties Tarzan theme song. Uh, everyone's singing along. So imagine when they go back on the road, people are going to be singing over and over. I can imagine for, for months and years to come. Um, and you could tell he walks out and he, I could tell he's like, looks a little maybe nervous. He's like taking it all in. It's like, wow, like this whole sold out arena, uh, Daly's place is cheering me on. Like, this is my big moment, the biggest match of my career. But during the course of the match, though, I just felt like I wish he was shown more, 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 um, like emotions or, or just things in the match that really stood out. And this is something John LaRocca tweeted out. And this was, I was texting with him earlier. Just he thought he was jungle boy would have shown a little bit more fire. And so him and I were talking about it. It's just like, this is the biggest match of your career. I want to see moments where you're trying to give it your all. You're, you're the underdog. You're the still very much like a, maybe a rookie compared to Kenny Omega standard. And so, you're 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 putting every bit of energy and Kenny Omega keeps kicking out. Like I want you to look frustrated. You want to look like upset, like you know, you're desperate. You know what I mean, Philip? Is that is that kind of make sense to you? A couple things. You you touched on Johnny Gargano, man. I can you, you watch any of those those DIY matches and like the stuff with the chomp, but he he was showing he was showing aggression and facial expressions. And then with Jungle Boy, I, I, I do feel like he's kind of emotionless at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I remember like watching him and Jake Atlas like wrestle at APW, there was a lot more emotion there. 
yeah, just show some more charisma, I guess. Maybe that's the word. But it's like, like, dude, like you hit a move, a big high flying move, and can you make a kicked out? And you're like, oh, like you're almost you're fighting for the AEW World Championship at your young age. Like you want to, I want to see you like you know uh, uh, get frustrated or, or um, you know look to the crowd like for help. Like you're asking the crowd to like amp you up or something just kind of you know call and response with the crowd i don't know but i'm just like it was just watching it was the same face the whole time and i'm like i don't know what kind of direction he's given from the back of how to go out there and perform but it's just like i want to see more from him that like this match is a big deal and and i'm just jumping ahead already to the end you know kenny omega wins um and philip as you said people running in i i felt like that could have been a great opportunity for Kenny Omega to win and maybe leave right away. And Jungle Boy in the ring just looks like so distraught and upset that he lost this biggest match. And then the crowd can really sympathize for him. That That's a, a little bit, but they, they don't let moments like that breathe. Like what I said earlier, I don't know, Mike, am I overthinking this? I mean, I'm just trying to like, I, I want to see Jungle Boy do amazing. I love Jungle Boy. I want to see him. It, I, I could tell they have big plans for him. He's going to be a long-term player with that company, but I just, I want them to start laying that foundation right now. I mean, I, I think when you're, uh, when you have somebody like, like uh jungle boy in this match, I think this is something I'm not going to say people are like, okay, well, you know, he, there's no way he's winning this match. Of course there was always, there's always a chance. Right. Mm-hmm. But like when you have, when you have somebody with his talent and you, you could see this and, and this has been building for, you know, for quite a long time now on these AEW shows, he's had a lot of very, very good matches on, yeah. on AEW. And this was a chance for him to shine. And I really feel that he did. I, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like there, there's a lot of talk out there, you know, and they're being critical of him and, and that sort of thing. And sure. Maybe, Maybe he should have like called on the fans or some, you know, or his his jungle jungle boy fans, you know, <laughs> yeah. like to get them yeah. to, to to really fire him up. But but that was the the story of this match was he was focused on Kenny Omega. He mm-hmm. wasn't focused on you know being a Hulkamania. You know, like he was okay. he wanted, in my opinion, wanted to focus on beating Kenny Omega. It's the biggest match of his career, and yeah, of course. The fans are huge, and they're they're behind him a hundred percent. And and that being said, Kenny Omega is doing a great job on the heel side. Mm-hmm. Let me just sidebar that. But but like but Jungle Boy, he he's doing his best to win this match. And I think that people, you know, I think that there's just they're just taking a mic, uh, you know, microscope to it, and and I don't think it needs to be there. I mm. this is a match where it set him up. For yeah, he had a great match. If he would have come out and not had a good match, sure, whatever, you know, take him down a peg or whatever. But this is something that's setting him up for the future. Okay. I could totally see him winning the AEW title after that match. Mm, okay. In the future. I don't know if it's gonna be like it could be in 2024. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna get a rematch in, in two months and win it. I'm saying like this is that set the future up for a Jungle Boy win as AEW heavyweight champion. I just wonder at what point he will become Jungle Man. <laughs> exactly. Or just Jack, he, he's Jack Jungle Perry. Jungle Man already. 
Because, yeah. I mean, we had the Young Bucks, and they're pretty – they're getting older. Jungle Boy, you know, I mean, he's 24, so he's, you know, he's still young. But No, nah, tr- trust me. He's, he's a jungle, jungle teenager. He, can we edit that? <laughs> <laughs> he's Jungle Man, trust me. Jungle uh, but I think he needs to have, like, a nice run with, like – I. I don't like I'm I don't like too many titles. I, I criticize WWE sure. for, but if they were to add like a cruiserweight title that like Pac and Phoenix and Cassidy and Jungle Boy could fight over, that would be cool. Or sure. like you know, let let him and Luchasaurus run roughshod with the tag titles, or put the TNT title on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I I think the TNT title obviously is the next step. I you know I truly believe in in people building their their career in that way, Philip. I think that that's a great point. I mean, that's like your seventh grade point. And I just, if we're keeping track, I think you got it written down. But, um, and I think Huey's still at one, right? Bad in a thousand. No, but yeah, I mean, could you imagine, no, no, no. could you imagine the pop if they uh, built this right that he, Jungle yeah. Boy, beats a monster Miro? Yeah. It could, it could be there. I mean, you know, I, I think that they've done a really good job. I, I, well, I, I think they've done a really good job building. Some of these guys, I think they've done a great job with Orange Cassidy, with Jungle Boy, obviously MJF, um, and uh, and Darby Allen, of course. I mean, he, he's amazing. So I've got a really, I've, I'm a really big fan of Darby Allen. Well, I just hope. With that being said, Mike, with, with your observations of his performance in this match, I do hope they keep that momentum going for Jungle sure. Boy. This is where you keep your foot on the gas pedal. And he started having him rank up some big wins again. And, you know, maybe down the road, yes, he has opportunity to challenge for that title again. Or who knows what's next. I just don't want them to be one and done. And then he falls back down to, like, sure. the mid-card scene or, or just, well, I mean, you know. He didn't, he's been here before. He wrestled Chris Jericho when he was yeah. AEW champion. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Jericho, go pick up his new book. Nice. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But, yeah, man, I mean uh, – well, like 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 Mike said, I do believe he will be um, the the AEW heavyweight champion. It's only a matter of when. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That hey, I mean, that's, I, uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's going to be a big moment when that time does happen. I know we kind of were finishing up on AEW. The one thing I did want to mention, uh, and we did talk about this a little bit earlier, uh, was um, uh, Dante Martin getting mm-hmm. that uh, the match with uh, with Matt, Matt Seidel. Seidel. I think yeah. was a very, very good match. Um, and I really think that he showed some things there. I thought it's funny. We were talking about some great things and some kind of odd things. The, the I know it's going to lead to some sort of an angle, but the thing with Vicky Guerrero and, and Andrade at the beginning of the match is so awkward. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I was like, what was, what's going on here? But anyway, yeah. but Dante Martin is 20 years old. I mean, they've got a, such a great youth movement there right now. I mean, you know, Jungle Boy's 24, he's and Dante's 20 and and you know, of course Dante's getting a chance because because you know, his brother's injured, but mm-hmm. I think that once we once we get to that point, I think I I really think the top flight's a future tag team uh champion. I'm uh, I'm with you. Like a lot of the younger tag teams, I'm a big fan of Top Flight, The Acclaim, Acclaimed are awesome. I love them. I love those guys. Just love, uh, 
love the acclaim. But with, with top flight, I mean, it's I'm glad Dante is still getting a run because usually when tag teams one gets hurt, the other guy gets taken off TV. So I'm glad Dante still has an opportunity to shine. I mean, imagine those guys like five years from now when they're in their, just their mid-20s and they've had five years of experience on you know mainstream cable television for a major pro wrestling company. They're going to be They're all going to be in NXT. What do you mean? <laughs> and, you know, that, that's something I've thought about. It's like, you know, maybe for a fun future episode, we can like fancy pick who from AEW is going to be in NXT in the I mean, years to come. Have, people have already I'm busy made, for that one. <laughs> people have, I mean, people have already made that jump. It's just that it hasn't really had any uh, predominant success, but just wait. Yeah. So, uh, but this match, I mean, it's amazing. Just the high flying stuff. I mean, the big highlight, I think a lot of people on Twitter were reacting to is that the fact Dante Martin hit, uh, a sunset flip with the sunset from Daly's place in the background going down. And there's actually some great photos. Uh, I have one photo I was going to share on in the click social pages. So, um, it was just cool killer shot of him in the air and the sun's sunsets happening right behind him. Amazing, beautiful photo, but uh, uh, but no, I'm looking forward to Dynamite getting back to to things on Wednesday this week live in front of a crowd. Them beginning their tour schedule, and uh, was it Road Rager? The following week's going to be in Miami, Philip, right? So they're going to have a lot of yeah. uh, theme episodes coming up in July. So uh, we'll we'll uh, do our best to document and review all those episodes. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And so all right, let's move on over to Monday Night Raw this week. Um, like I said at the top of the show, we haven't done too much talk of Raw because <laughs> there's been a lot of issues with that show. I mean, you look on Twitter uh, Monday night, you see everyone's reaction from the whole internet wrestling community just about the ups and downs of Monday Night Raw. There's look, some good people, moments. They, this is what happens. They complain, they complain, they complain, but yet they're still watching. Oh, you, absolutely. You, you must like it if you're going to keep watching it. <laughs> like, shut up. It's a love-hate relationship. At that wow. point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there is something called hate watching, Philip. <laughs> Look, things I mean, not, I, 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 it's not me. I love watching, I just love watching all wrestling. So, I, maybe, I mean, whenever, maybe, whenever I, don't know, I get maybe a I'm a normal, maybe I'm a normal human being, but like if, if I don't like something and I hate it, I don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a show, there was a TV show, the series that I, that I just finished watching. I will not name it, but uh, I watched the first four seasons of it. I loved it. And then, like, it's it kind of just jumped a shark, and then the last two and a half seasons, I just kind of hate watched it, and I'll I'll just leave it there. Okay. Interesting. The, no, I'm with you. There was a show I I was very much invested in, but then uh, uh, the later season, it just got so bad. I stopped watching. It. It's still going what on. What show right is now. that? What show was that, Huey? Um, it's a show. How can I? F- Oh yeah, it's The Walking Dead. I'll just say it. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's well, the Walking a lot Dead. of people, a lot of people are hate watching that. <laughs> I just gave up on that show. Like I loved the first few seasons, then it got really tough to watch. But no, but I'm with you, Philip. I, I think there's a lot of people who criticize Raw, but it's funny that they still watch it every week and have a criticism. So either yeah, they want to get some social following hits, or they got a podcast themselves they're trying to review for, or yeah, they're just watching for the hell of it. But um I, I will admit, last week and this week, Raw has been getting a little bit better, I think, because they know the end is near. The Thunderdome era is about to wrap up. So it's like, okay, we're going to get get ready for the fans. Money in the Bank is coming up. We're going to start setting up for storylines for SummerSlam. So I think they're like, okay, uh, 
very similar to Dynamite. I'm not saying they were kind of going through the motions, but maybe they're holding back some stuff and maybe they got some big surprises. I mean, you can speculate Brock potentially coming back, Becky Lynch, the draft shakeup, everything we've been talked about earlier. So I, I would imagine Raw is probably going to get better. I want to be optimistic that good things are coming on the horizon here. Um, but this episode... It was all about <laughs> Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was the star of Monday Night Raw this week. Um, as we saw from last week's episode, he was upset uh, or he felt bad that he qualified for the Money in the Bank, but Randy Orton, his tag team partner, did not. He felt really just, uh, like I said, upset, guilty, I guess you could say. Um, this week, Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley were not on the show. Now, they didn't give specific reasons why. I'm guessing maybe it was just a day off for both of them. Especially well, Lashley Bob- was on vacation. That's what MVP said. Yeah. And they deserve I, it. You know, like I mean, give him a break. Uh, you don't need to be on 52 weeks a year. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He's WWE champions. Like I want, when the champion shows up, that should be a big deal. So How often did you see Hogan as a kid, man? Not know. a lot. Will- Not a lot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah, did yeah. Was, it meant something. Yeah. So he doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> I like the beginning of this episode. So they had this uh, battle royal to uh, determine uh, the replacement for Randy Orton's spot and the triple threat for the main event, for which was a last effort to uh, uh, qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match here. So the battle royal I really enjoyed. But Riddle beforehand talking to uh, Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville had like that handwritten note. <laughs> It was fun. It was obviously Matt Riddle's handwriting, and <laughs> Phil, why are you shaking your head? It look, I, 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 I don't know. It was, I, I, it just, it didn't land with me. And the way he says his name, but Randy, like, what do we do? What, what, what do we do? Why, why is he there? Why, why is he employed with this company? Really, you're not a fan of Matt Riddle? No. <laughs> no. Oh man. Now listen, I know his humor. You don't listen to, you don't listen to my show. I, I say this every week. But you love Kenny Omega, right? Oh god, no. <laughs> Sorry, but no, but but uh, Riddle, listen, I know Riddle his humor can be very hit or miss. When he first got called up it was very much just like the, you know, uh pot, you know, uh stoner vibe dude. But I, I really think his humor has been a little bit more focused ever since he's aligned himself with Randy Orton. And I think it's been a lot better for him. And I imagine when the fans return, they're going to love Matt Riddle. I really think that's what's going to happen here. Matt Riddle's going to become a big fan favorite because he hasn't had a chance to wrestle in front of the WWE Universe in post during the pandemic era um, since he's been called up. But, uh, you know, the uh, Mike, what did you think of the Battle Royal itself? I like that. While the main focus was picking a winner for the main event, other stories did happen during the course of sure. this match. I think that's always important. I think that that's a good way to start some things. Um, you know, I think you you have Mansoor and um, Mustafa Ali, you know, heading somewhere for a match, which I think is going to be great. Uh, I think they're, you know, Mansoor, you know, from obviously from the Bay Area. I, I mean... He's so talented, and, and Mustafa, Mustafa Ali is great, too. So that's going to be a great future. I, I just think everything is going to – everything that you do in a battle royal doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to fight you next week. But, like, it, it can build some stuff. So mm-hmm. – and I did – and I always – I mean, I'm going to tell you this right now. My favorite thing on, on WWE TV right now – 
outside of Roman Reigns is our truth and it has been, and he's been kind of missing for a few weeks. Yeah. A little, a little bit. Well, like, I, you know, that whole thing. And, and I love, I love the element of like, anybody can win it at any moment. And then, you know, they get eliminated from the battle <laughs> Royal and they have three title changes. I just, I just, I, I'm a big, big fan of the 24 seven title. Nice. And it was also, we saw almost, uh, uh, help eliminate the Viking Raiders. So, Probably AJ, yeah. you know, for the tag titles, that's probably going to happen there, a storyline there. So, yeah, a lot of things happen in that match. I mean, Jinder, I mean, I, I still think Jinder should go after Drew McIntyre if Drew McIntyre, well, not jumping ahead to the main event, but Drew is going to be in the Money in the Bank match. But, you know, if there's a point where he has to step away from the main event title scene, I think Jinder and Drew having a program is a great way to keep him occupied. Um, but yeah, Jeff Hardy was in there too. I mean, so there's a lot of great moments in this battle royal. Matt Riddle came out, wrestled as Randy Orton, and ends up winning. Therefore, he's part of the main event, which was the triple threat with Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles for uh, a last chance uh, spot for uh, for the Money in the Bank match. Um, Philip, man, I, I rewatched that main event earlier tonight. I loved it. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of triple threat matches because I feel like most of the time it's like three guys start out and then one guy gets knocked out to the side of the ring and then just turns into two guys. And then the other person comes back in and someone else takes a break. So it's always like they're alternating. Somebody's uh, taking a nap. Yeah. yeah someone yeah, takes a nap on the outside for a little bit. This match, I enjoy how hard hitting it was, how physical it was. Moments AJ and Riddle were helping each other, try to take down Drew. Drew was being really uh, aggressive, cleared the table, uh, but Riddle and AJ suplexed him on the table. Even the stuff they did on the outside of the ring was really good. Then taking turns of knocking each other down. All that stuff was really good. What did you think of this main event? Uh, I mean, it, 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 was cool. it was cool, man. I mean, Riddle, like, hurting his foot on the steps. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what you get for not wearing shoes, you dumbass. <laughs> um, I mean, the, like, Riddle and, uh, Riddle and AJ, they did work very well together. He, uh, he did the, you know, he did some of Randy's moves, the DDT. He did the, uh, did the RKO. Yeah. Um, I think he even tried to go for a punt at one point in time, but then Drew just came in, cleaned house, uh, hit that Claymore on Riddle, and he, he's walking into Money in the Bank. And here's the thing, man. I never really realized how big Drew McIntyre was. Mm-hmm. No, like, because, like, I mean, like, back in the day, he was always around, like, Taker and Barrett and Swagger, other big human beings. Now that the roster has gotten smaller and heightened size, like, he's an enormous human being who's going to be in, in there with some uh, some smaller individuals. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, Mike, so we see at the end, you know, Drew was on the outside. Riddle, um, you know, was going to take out AJ, but then Drew comes in for the Claymore, picks up the victory. He's going to be in the Money at the Bank match. I see a lot of people frustrated. They're like, oh, man, you know, he just, we just saw him have like a bunch of matches with Bobby Lashley. He lose. This last Hell in a Cell match was the stipulation if he lost, he could never challenge for the title again as long as Bobby Lashley's champion. But now he's in the Money in the Bank, so is this going to be foreshadowing he's going to win the Money in the Bank, and that's his way of sneaking back in for another title shot? But he can't cash it in, though, right? On on Lashley. See, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know if that. I mean, by been... by the rule of law, if he cannot challenge Lashley, no matter if he makes the match himself, he can't do it, right? I don't know. I don't what know if, if uh, he, Adam Pierce. Can... What, if, what if he goes the Seth Rollins route and makes it a triple threat? Technically, he's challenging Lashley and somebody else. Mm. Challenge Lashley one on one. I mean, for me personally, I love Drew McIntyre. I'm I'm happy to see him, uh, you know, 
I, I like seeing him in the main event scene. I'm not burnt out on him. I know some people online were saying, oh, this is like Roman Reigns 2017, 2018 all over again. It's like forced down our throat. I don't know, Mike, like, are are you burnt down on Drew McIntyre? Are you happy that he looks like sticking around in the main event title scene? I mean, what's... I, I think Drew McIntyre should be champion, win a championship in front of fans. I think he deserves that. I think he was a great champion last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I but I'm I'm a huge Bobby Lashley fan. I love that they what they've done with him. I think you know everything that they've done with MVP and Bobby has, has just been outstanding. And um, so I, I honestly I think that. Um, you know, the next big match for Lashley should be Lesnar, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he needs now, to beat him. Yes. Right. I believe so. But, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a hard thing. And then, you know, and then there's a lot of different ways. If you sign if you sign back Lesnar and he comes in, and that's a, that's a great match with, with Lashley. But there's also, like, an instant an instant thing ready for Reigns and, and you know, Heyman versus Lesnar. That's mm-hmm. huge. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on the side of like, okay, well, you know, Lashley has proven time and again that he's beaten, beaten, can beat McIntyre. Yeah, if he wins the Money in the Bank match, sure. I just, I like the idea of of a situation where McIntyre does win that title and then can't cash it in, so he's kind of upset about it. Or maybe that forces him to go after Reigns. Which I'm a big Ooh, fan. There's of. your drop. There's your mic drop, Philip. There you the go. One down for me. <laughs> there you go. We're all got a good point in tonight. Um, so well, that, that was like my twelfth. But that's true. Yeah. That's true. We should have a tally board, a whiteboard. It's actually, his thirteenth, but he was counting. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, another thing from Raw that really stood out to me was the face to face between Kofi Kingston and MVP. Just selling, you know, obviously Kofi's match with Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank. I I really just dug this. I mean, it, it seemed just really for both guys very unscripted, very much from the heart, you know, just speaking truths. And I mean, they're both great speakers to begin with. But Philip, I mean, what are your some of your takeaways from this face to face matchup between these two uh, legends? I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, especially the work they've been doing with each other these past couple weeks. I mean, we've been talking about Kofi Mania again recently. Kofi was like, yeah, and man, uh, MVP loved it. He cried, which is true. You can watch the footage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I just like what they're they're tapping into. And Kofi's getting he's getting serious. And it, it just goes to show that he – even like he was getting serious back in 09 when he was feeding with Randy. Like he's not just a goofy, fun-loving guy. You know, he can he can tap into the truth and, and get serious. And right now, uh, Kofi, he's tapped into the truth because he's back in the booth and he's, he's ready to go. I'm with you. It's like I – Listen, I love the New Day with, you know, how over the top fun they are. But when they get serious, I think that's important for them. I think in order to be like a true legit threat for a championship and you're going up against someone like Bobby Lashley, who's been so dominant, like I need a serious Kofi for this challenge to make it believable that he can actually win this. I also like how he name dropped Xavier Woods as, you know, a legit competitor. I think. Xavier Woods always kind of like the odd man out between the three of them. He had a great Hell in a Cell match last week with Bobby Lashley. So that's going back to what I said earlier. If New Day reunite on Raw, I think each all three of them can easily still have singles runs in them and not focus on maybe on the tag team division so much. Um, 
I mean, I hate to say it, I don't think Kofi's going to win against uh, Bobby Lashley, Hell in the Cell, or excuse me, at Money in the Bank. But, um, you know, listen, if things with Brock Lesnar from a contract negotiation doesn't work out, maybe they can have a rematch at SummerSlam. I know it's not the bigger, sexier name for the marquee, but... Uh, well, you know what? They, they've been throwing around um, Cena and Reigns. What if what if Cena comes back to Monday Night Raw and goes after Bobby? Very much, that's a possibility. I mean, I I, I mean, I don't know what's uh, uh, you know what. <laughs> I think for them, the priority would be for Reigns. So that way, he can like take down another legend and add more credibility to his. I mean, Roman's already credible. It does more for Lashley. True, true, absolutely. But I mean, I think for a lot of people, if they're like, okay, we're going to spend this much money for John Cena, we want to put him in the ring with the biggest name WWE has to offer, which right now is Roman Reigns. I think that's probably the mindset. You know, if if John Cena has a very limited schedule with his filming schedule, I mean, let's let's say they get Lesnar. There's there's the already tapped in thing with Heyman, like Mike said, mm-hmm. and then we give we give uh, Bobby Lashley, we give him Cena, and can you imagine the scene at SummerSlam of Cena just passing out to the Hurt Lock and Bobby Lashley standing over his carcass? <laughs> the biggest star in the last fifteen years, he beat him clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring. That would be pretty awesome to see. I mean, but uh, yeah, I wonder. Uh, actually, the more I think about it, I'm jumping way ahead. I would love to see Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns at Survivor Series if he oh, keeps I, the belt threw, that long. I, I posted that graphic. I'm ready to go. Yeah, give it to me now already. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to go. How, how about this? I'm just throwing it out there. Is What if um, Kofi loses, but Big E wins the money in the bank briefcase and cashes on Bobby to get revenge for Kofi losing. Because we already saw Bobby take uh, Xavier in in the Hell in the Cell last week and taunt Kofi on the other side of the wall to chain link fence there. But uh, uh, um, I I mean, there's a lot of creative ways. That's one thing about money in the bank What I'm looking forward to. There's a lot of different storylines that could potentially go down. I mean, we can talk, we can all fantasy book to her blue in the face, but I mean, there's some interesting things that they can go with. So that's, that's very true. But Mike, he's not amused by your, uh, by your fantasy booking. (laughs) I see it in his face. I'm just, you know, I mean, we're still stuck at one, you know, I'm I'm swinging like he's swinging for the fences and you're just striking out. So I should play some softball then. Yeah, yeah, man, because like, like he's an agent, but I'm his agent. That's how this works now. Thank you. So um, another thing we touch on real quick uh, was the Ricochet John Morrison match here. Amazing stuff. I mean, Mike, I mean, that was like when we were prepping before we recorded tonight. We were like, okay, where are highlights here? That was like the first thing you mentioned. It's like a Lucha Underground reunion. You obviously Ricochet and John Morrison with their uh, connections down there in the past. But yeah, please tell me what uh, what about this match really stood out for you? Well, they're they're. I mean, in my opinion, the two best physical athletes in the in the WWE. I mean, that's just my, you know, that's what I view them as. And and, and you know, they had some amazing matches down there, and this was this was right up there with them. And uh, they had, you know, there's just something when when people have chemistry, it just you can just see it, and they they do, and. I would love to see. I would love to see a rematch next week. I, I think we might get it because it was a double countout. But the finish was re, was ridiculous. I mean, ricochets from the from the the ring to the barricade. I mean, come on, crossbody, crossbody across. Yeah, I mean, 
It's just, it just insane. And I mean, and that was after a very good match leading up to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And actually, you know, before the match, I thought it was kind of goofy with Miz and Morrison and Ricochet with the drip sticks going back yes. and forth. I mean, I know it's very childish, but, you know, I'm a kid at heart, so I, I thought that was pretty funny. But um, listen, with this match and that finish, that's something I don't. I think people don't take or appreciate enough about the Thunderdome era as far as, okay, real talk to break the fourth wall. All right. Ricochet hits the cross by Morrison. They fall back, and then they cut to Miz. Reaction. You assume there's probably a, a crash pad on the other side of that barricade. Nope. No, I didn't. I didn't see a crash pad, so there wasn't one there. <laughs> so there's super I didn't see it. Didn't see it. Didn't happen. I think someone there was a uh, someone saw it online. There was like you saw them walking away with it, but. Um, no, but but it was just cool. That's the thing with the Thunderdome era is like I think they're able to get away with some of that stuff because there's no live audience there so they're able to kind of hide some things and kind of do some more over the top stuff even like with Roman who threw Dominic Mysterio on the outside a couple weeks ago um, you didn't see actually land but then you saw him laying there afterwards so he he got power bombed on the floor like I don't Stop! Stop trying to make it sound like they're they're trying to protect these people. This is wrestling. You, if you get yeeted by the tribal chief, you get yeeted by the tribal chief. I know. I'm with you. But uh, uh, in this situation, ending with a double count out, which I know is for most people they hate that finish. But in this situation, that was such a high flying move took both a, a big toll on both of them it makes sense why neither one of them were able to get back into the ring in time so i respect that story beat right there i understand that um so yeah probably gonna lead into uh yeah rematch of some sort but M- mike i want to ask you about ricochet you know lately he's been wrestling kind of like in the black jeans and uh, a little bit of a different look in the last month or so are you a fan of this he seems to be a little bit more aggressive and it seems to be getting a little bit more of uh, uh, some more TV time out of it. I mean, Ricochet's always been one of my, my favorite um, superstars. I, I think that he's got, you know, he obviously has that, the natural ability and, and he's a great athlete. So, I mean, you, you take all that apart. I mean, I'm not really, I mean, I, I, I didn't notice when he switched, but I mean, I, I think the thing with Ricochet is that he's not, He's not had an amazing run with WWE in, in his in his tenure there. So I think I'm hoping, you know, that there can be be some things that happen with him that will launch him back into the kind of the the bigger parts of, of what he can, what his potential is. Mm-hmm. Do you think they pulled the trigger and put the and put the briefcase on him? I I, I you know it's hard to say. Uh, I, I I mean I think it's I think it's possible, but. I mean, who knows with like with what they're what they're doing? I I really thought it was I really thought it was an awful piece of uh, programming to have Otis win it and then take it away from him. <laughs> that was honestly in the last in the last year or two. I mean, there's been some other stuff, but like that was probably my least favorite thing that's happened in wrestling. It was obvious that was total buyer's remorse. At the time, Otis seemed like a very fun, lovable character. Yeah. And they all thought, oh, this is great. Let's put the money in the bank on him. Total underdog and how it landed on him. And then, yeah, within a couple months, you can tell they're probably like, yeah, we made the wrong call here. <laughs> and so, and, and they- I don't understand why that that was the case. I mean, I didn't think that he did anything wrong. Honestly, what I really thought that they were going to do, and just because Otis is such a lovable character and such a nice character guy, 
I thought when he won the money in the bank, he was going to turn it in to to win the tag titles with Tucker. That's, That's what I, I would, really thought yeah. he was going to do. Mm-hmm. I thought, that, I thought that, that would have been a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. Um, one last thing I want to touch on um, is, is Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. So we saw Charlotte Flair team up with Natty and Tamina take on Rhea Ripley, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke. Why? Okay. I don't know who to cheer for at this point. Is Rhea Ripley the bad guy, the heel, or Charlotte Flair the heel? Who's the baby face? Who's the heel here? Because Charlotte is teaming up with the baby faces, and Rhea is teaming up with, I guess, technically the heels, Mandy and Dana. But Charlotte, I thought as of late, was more heel, and Rhea was more like a tweener. I'm so confused. Like, Philip, can you, like, dissect this for me? Like, what is going on here? Well, first of all, Natalia, Tamina, Charlotte, love all three. They're the legacy of this industry. Rhea Ripley, you know what her character is? She's young and she's the world champion. That's it. Yeah, no, the character's not good right now. Like she, uh, I mean, she's not. I mean, it's a, it's so far removed from what she was in the Mae Young Classic. It, yep. she still looks like the Rhea Ripley that won the uh, NXT Women's Championship. But like, she, like, well, what, like, what, what is she doing? I feel like they're they're putting too much thought into Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. Like, just just kind of let her be her. You know, give her some bullet points. And then kind of let her let her go out there and do her. And we need to we need we do need a, a definitive like who's the baby face and who's the heel. Um, I, I I just I just don't know what's going on now. I mean, the match of money in the bank should be good. I think they're going to tap into that next level, but mm-hmm. the dichotomy of it all it just doesn't make any sense. It's just for me, Rhea Ripley. Like, okay, she had a great performance in in the Royal Rumble with Bianca Belair as the final two. And then she was off for TV or forbidden. She redebuted on Raw, but Mike like. Listen, it's been an ongoing theme for years. As people NXT stand out, get called up a Raw or SmackDown, and they lose what made them special in NXT or aspects of them that we loved as a fan. I mean, at this point, Rhea Ripley, like even when she started on Raw, like it felt like her promos were very robotic. Like she was trying to remember too much. I don't know. Like it just she was like staring at the camera weird. I don't know. Like. Is Rhea Ripley savable at this point? I mean, I I, I don't want to say that's a, like, like she's done, but I mean, it's like, what can they do to start fixing her up a little bit and just make her more of just a fun badass that she was in NXT? You know, it, it's kind of hard because you, when you're in NXT, it's it's obviously it's a different. And I'm not going to say it's a different level because there's definitely there might be an overall better group of wrestlers on on the uh women's side in nxt than than overall mm-hmm. but um i i thought that uh that bringing her up and putting the championship on her over oscar was a huge like you know the, here's your big boost and then yeah. let's see what happens i think it would be a mistake uh for her to lose the title to charlotte at this point I think that that's what you, I think you need to. I think you kind of need to go with her for a while and see what happens, mm-hmm. and then because Charlotte, you know, sure, people say this all the time, and it's it can be a little bit of a crutch, but you know, there are, there are a lot of wrestlers out there, and Orton's a huge one of these where they don't need a title. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. put them in that picture whenever you want, whenever you need somebody, but then that's you know, he's been fine without that, and I and I honestly. I know that you know it's maybe not not a popular opinion in here, but I do like the RK Bro stuff. Like, it's really dumb. It's kind of corny. 
but I love Randy it. playing the straight man. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And uh, or like the big and, brother. You know, and, Riddle can, and Riddle can be a little annoying, but that's what the little brother does. And that's what they're do- Yeah, exactly. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh shit. He got another one. He <laughs> got another point. Uh, but yeah. So two, two and like seven hours. I, that's where we're at. Right. Yeah. Almost. Um, like an episode yeah, of Roth. Yeah. So I, I think that, uh, I, I think that, you know, I think Charlotte and, and Rhea should have a great match. I think, you know, when, when I, I can't say that I'm, I'm not sitting, sitting here like looking at, at Rhea's promos, like in, and dissecting them, but you know, maybe if she isn't super strong on the mic, then don't, don't, don't have her cut a three minute promo, have her cut a one minute promo. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I've always felt is less can be more if it's mm-hmm. done the right way, especially in this area. There's a, you know, my, my, my motto on a promo, if, especially if you're doing like a video, you know, try to keep it under a minute if you can, I mean, maybe a minute 20 or so, but like try to keep it short. And then we have a, there's a lot of short attention spans in our country right now. And I have one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to bore myself. So, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, that's been the, the, the MO for WWE for so many years is the very long promo segments. And, you know, that, that started, you know, many, many, many years ago, but um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you've got to have Rhea get over in her own way. And this, and that's building her as she was in NXT. And just like Philip said, you got to let her do her thing. Yeah. And if and if you're trying to make her something that she wasn't, then then let her let her do what she can do. A couple, a couple things. Probably give Rhea the, the Ray Mysterio Jeff Hardy treatment. They get out there, they talk on the mic for like forty five seconds and they get interrupted. And then with with Rhea, like I heard this on the Jobber Tears podcast. Shout out to those guys. And I, I, w- I want to throw this at you guys. Is it that the main roster dropped the ball with the NXT talent or they just couldn't adapt to the main roster? Wow. Well, I think that's it's a good question. Ca- yeah. I think it's that's case probably, by case. That's probably for like the, like another, yeah. another podcast. But yeah, yeah. Rhea, Rhea, she, if it doesn't like switch up by like, what, what are we in the end of June, July? If it doesn't switch up by the beginning of September, then she might be one of those. Wow. That's something to keep on. No, that could be a fun topic is, yeah, what that's a good like uh, question as far as, you know, whose fault is it really? So we can focus on that. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened on Raw. So I think things are getting, you know, picking up. Looking forward to Money in the Bank coming up in a few weeks. And of course, fans coming back. I cannot wait for that as well. And so I think with that being said, we uh, hopefully shows will be better and, you know, we can maybe start focusing on Raw a little bit more on the podcast as well. But on that note, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. Mike, First off, thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Um, where can all the clicksters find you online, keep track of you, of all the, the shenanigans you like to get into? You can uh, follow me on Twitter at MikeMiller209. Mike, uh, Mike Stockton, also on Twitter. And then uh, you just, just follow the social for uh, StocktonCon. That's, uh, th- that's the big one, S-T-O-C-K-T-O-N-C-O-N. And that's uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and and just come to our events. We've, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you a little bonus here. Uh, we do have some very big wrestling guests coming to Stockton Con on September 11th and 12th. Nice. And uh, 
and we'll leave you with that. Awesome. Okay, oh, so follow me on social for those announcements. I look forward to that. Philip, how about yourself? Where can the clicksters find you? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Heal Antwine, H-E-L-A-N-T-W-I-N-E, The Bulletcast on Instagram and YouTube, at Bulletcast on Twitter, Bulletcast on Facebook. Um, go go check out my interview with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, the Hall of Famer. Shout out to Mike for making that happen yet again. Um, I guess the next time you people will see me is that West Coast Pro Bulletcast will be in full effect. I'll be there. Brandon will be there. Cindy will be there. The Bulletcast Championship will be making an appearance. So big things are big things. Really? Are- Yes. I'll yes. oh, get a photo yes. with it. Uh, I don't know. You got Brandon. You got to talk to Brandon about that one. I'll super kick Brandon. Let's do it. Chop him. <laughs> yes, I will chop him Walter style. Stay clean. Stay strong. Get vaxxed and waxed. Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone messiah. Awesome. Well, Philip, uh, I do want to say good job with that interview with Ted DiBiase. Very proud of it. He did an awesome job. So uh, please go watch that interview. Uh, it was very cool to see uh, you and Ted DiBiase together. And of course, you know, look in the background. You'll see Mike walking around back and forth, very much like Jim Carrey on In Living Color back in the day. Mike, Mike telling me to hurry the hell up. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey83. Of course, at In the Click for social as well. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, for all the episodes as well. Uh, get the merch by clicking the link in our bio in the click at gmail.com. And we'll catch you on the next episode. On that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so.